Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 502 of the JV Club with my fabulous guest, Margot Donahue. She is a woman after my own heart. I mean, listen, she's got a book out. Uh, she's got Filmed in Brooklyn, I should say, is the name of the book. She's got uh, numerous podcasts, and uh, we had a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. We recorded this before Sketchfest, and uh, I am recording this intro on the last day of Sketchfest. So for those of you who came out to see shows, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting our festival. It's been really an emotional and wonderful, heartening uh, thing to be back in San Francisco producing comedy. So love you guys and enjoy this episode with Marco. All right, let's take a moment to pat ourselves on the back, celebrate and enjoy the fact that we are finally doing this uh, interview. I'm so sorry that I had to reschedule last week because of my cold. I still have some traces like what I'm what I'm hoping won't happen is the post nasal drip won't kick in halfway through where all of a sudden they sort of sound like this. Um, and there's nothing I can do about it because it's not like you can't it's it's so far back there that you're like well this is my life now <laughs> i'm very hopeful that that did that you have covid happen. or no i didn't have covid i just had a bad cold i cannot tell you how many covid tests i went through that i now wish i would have just trusted the first couple and been like no i have been reading that there is plenty of stuff going around that's not covid why am i spending all this money getting covid tests because i was so paranoid that i was gonna you know yeah, have same. it and then like get people sick even after like a normal cold would be over blah 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 yeah, I had the same thing that happened in July. There was something that went around and everybody kept saying yeah. that it must be COVID. I'm like, I test myself like twice a day, like at some yeah. point. But yeah, yeah. So all, all other germs are having a field day right now. I think what is what we've discovered that germs are just like, woo! We're all it's plague a rats. It's a wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. How were your holidays? It was really nice. I actually got away for the first time. I went to Chicago for a wedding last... Nice. Yeah, a little bit ago, but I went to Provincetown for... I don't know oh, if you've ever nice. been there. It's just next I to haven't. Cape Cod. Oh, my God. I used to go all the time when I was a kid to Cape Cod. That was like my favorite place. And so yeah. I decided just me, myself, and I, I rented a room in this really cute inn called the Land's End Inn. It has oh. the sunrise room, which guess what? You could see the sunrise. It was pretty damn special. That's wonderful. It was great. It was so needed. It was really cold. I know you're out in California. Yeah. But uh, yeah, right by the water on the (laughs) East Coast. (laughs) Was this like, was this during the big winter storm or this was pre that? Pre-storm. Okay. Pre-winter storm. And I went because I had a meeting with an astrologist and she Love everything I'm hearing. (laughs) She just said, it's time. I can feel your energy. You need to get out of that apartment. You need to go away for a few days, like a real place. And I said, well, maybe I'll go to DC or or whatever. She's like, no, no more cities. Huh. Go to the beach. Yep. 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 And it cured whatever was ailing me. How wonderful is that? Yeah. My um my association with Cape Cod truly because it was the original association and I haven't had a ton of conversations about Cape Cod that would even really supersede this experience is just the movie Splash and um, oh my gosh yes I haven't seen that in a while where, yeah I mean I haven't either but um, I was definitely very 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 into that movie when I was little and <laughs> did you want um, to be a mermaid I definitely wanted to be a mermaid. Um, mm-hmm. 
And for sure, the fact that she rescues him off. Like, I remember that so clearly. Like, no, when he was a kid, he was it was Cape Cod where he fell into the water and she saved his life. So that's what I think of. I think of Cape Cod and I think of immediately I think of mermaids and uh, I, I guess Daryl Hannah. I think of John Candy. I think he's so funny oh, in that movie. So great in that. And you, Eugene, Eugene Levy, Levy in that movie. At least once a week, I'm Oof. yelling out, there's a system on the desk because my desk is always <laughs> goddamn nightmare <laughs> i just say yes. it myself yes. i know where things are <laughs> uh okay so you did not meet any mermaids i'm still okay with it i'm still okay with it i don't know that it was a season for mermaids anyway because i do feel that must have been perhaps in the summer but that's where my memory of splash is ending on me is that i don't i don't think it was the middle of winter but maybe i'm wrong no um and and so you said that you used to go there all the time as a as a kid. Where did you where were you growing up? That it was was it close by or was it a track? Long Island? I'm a Long Island mm-hmm. kid. You're a Long Island. Yeah. And my dad worked for IBM, which I, at the time meant I've been moved. That's what we used to say to each other. Ha ha. <gasps> I, I get along with army brats really well because oh, sure. we yeah. you move every few years. When yep. we when we lived in New York and Long Island, uh, my dad's boss had a like a vacation home there, and everybody got to spend a week. Oh, nice. He was a really good boss to my dad. And, no kidding. Um, That's great. Which was great. And I've just always, I like the seashore. I love like Jaws. I like yeah. that whole Amityville thing. Like, yeah. I, I, there's this um, very famous murder that happened. It was Krista Washington, I think was her name. She was a fashion writer. Mm-hmm. And she got sick of the New York scene, the dating scene, whatever. She was really gorgeous. Worked in Paris for a while, like a really cool chick. And she just moves to not even Cape Cod, but outside of Cape Cod, like in between Cape Cod and Provincetown. Oh, wow. And got this little house. And it was and everybody was like, all of her friends, what are you doing? You're leaving New York and you're going to this place. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that sounds like the dream in a way. It's just very gothic to me. Absolutely. Well, wait now, because she did end up getting murdered. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, I'm sorry. I, I buried the lead there, didn't I? <laughs> Yikes. I mean, that might be why people are leaning harder into a Margot, why would you do that? I know. This cost her her life. But I'm not saying I'm against it. But, but what, what I feel sounds familiar, but sh- I also know that there were there was so many like lost girls, like the, the sort of like... Um, some unsolved murders yeah. in, on the East Coast in that general larger area. So maybe I'm lumping that in. Well, she was she was a single mother, and it turns out she she had an affair with somebody in town. He was like a fisherman. I mean, this is all like, yeah. yeah why okay. why haven't we seen this movie? Or right, movie that's out I there think it's been out there. It. Yeah, but then uh, it turns out it was somebody who like worked for the city. But it took years to get DNA. They had to like, literally get DNA from every single person, and it yeah. was off yeah. season, so there's only a few. You know, I just I, and anyway, they, the guy's in jail, so they did catch the person that did oh, it, nice. and it's a tragedy. I just. I've always like thought like I can imagine like you lived in Paris, you lived in New York and you're kind of like I want the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you were in were you in Long Island? Oh my god, now I'm doing it. Oh, I don't. Said Long Island. Oh my god. Oh that's so one of us. One oh, of us. So <laughs> I can't believe that was an accident. Um what uh were you there for high school or was that no. part of that was that that was a sp- a stop along the IBM relocation it was, plan. It was the first stop and it was okay. a great stop. I love, I still love it there because you're like right by the city and the beach. Like it's, yeah. it's perfect. 
Um, it's very Great Gatsby-ish. We were in Glen Cove. Sure. Then we lived in Pennsylvania, which was also really nice. It was we were out by Westchester, which is where QVC is now. Okay. When I was a kid, there was nothing. It was like dirt bikes and shit. Yeah, yeah. And then we lived in Ridgewood, New Jersey, which okay. was it's a very uh-huh. rich kid, like a very John Hughes rich kids kind of sh- white rich white Republican right. kids. And then okay. that my parents settled in California, so I went to San Jose State. Okay. Okay, so where was so where in there were you? Cons- did you get to spend like freshman through senior year at one school, or was there no there, was there moving in there? There was oh, moving, yeah, okay. and no on, wonder you got along with army brats. That's, oh, totally! That's a time to move. On my sixteenth birthday, we moved from Pennsylvania oh. to New Jersey. Believe me, I never let my parents forget that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a tough one. The movie Sixteen Candles really got to me because yeah. I'm like, I yeah, it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, you know, if you're in this sort of homogenous, affluent you know, teenage world, then double so. Yeah, it was rough because it was like shit kickerville, like in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Jersey and then it was like everyone was like super dressed up to go to school. And it wow. was the, the fashion show kind of thing. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have uh, two brothers and a sister. Oh, wow. Okay. So everybody was shuffling around. Yeah, we were pretty close growing up because we just kind of had each other. Are you where do you fall in the sequence of kids? So there was my brother Joe and then me and then my sister and then my brother, my younger brother. Okay. Okay. And what and so the high school itself, did it have that sort of cliquish? Everyone's dressed up was like what was was it cliquish? Or was it so homogenized that it, every like the whole high school was one click like what it like it's, what was it like it's so funny because i was listening to your interview before it was somebody you interviewed just before the holidays and she said there was mm-hmm. like 100 people in her class in her high school uh-huh. or something there was a thousand in my senior okay. class so it was yep. the good thing about it like living in pennsylvania was out kind of in the middle of nowhere and stuff jersey you can hop on the train and be in manhattan you could yes so there is there was always that outlet and it's also like if you don't fit in with these kids there's always there's the theater group there's like a million you know the Ridgewood players our big thing was that Tom Cruise like was at the Ridgewood players for like a week or something in the 80s uh-huh. <laughs> yeah wait so uh, was is that like a community theater within Ridgewood or that was yeah. part of the high school okay it's all uh-huh. it's all kind of connected but okay. yeah yeah Ridgewood's kind of like a state of mind as well uh-huh. as a place <laughs> I'm like combing through my Rolodex of uh, conversations and I'm trying to think if Ridgewood has come up before, but I don't think it has for as many people as I've had from the Jersey and New York areas. Mm -hmm. I don't think Ridgewood has come up before. Um, And so, you you know, you definitely name dropped the uh, the theater (laughs) kids. Was that was that a group that you fell in with or? Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, I I totally fell in with them. I'm trying to think of the guy that was married to he was in the show. I married a princess. Casper Hmm. Casper Van Dien. Is that Uh his name? Yeah, Casper Van Dien. Yeah, Van Dien or Van Dien. He's like he and Robert Sean Leonard are both from Ridgewood. Like they were they're like the big stars from there. But I worked the best place. I mean, I did. I was in theater, but my my favorite thing was I worked at a Roy Rogers, which don't exist anymore. But it's a fast food place. Are you familiar with them? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I think I've probably heard of them, but a lower rent Arby's. If you can picture that, (laughs) that's actually a little bit of a struggle because Arby's. It's pretty. Is it that high class? Oh no, 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 no! But all, but all the kids, because all the kids were rich at my school, so a lot of them didn't have to work, and my parents were very much like, 
you know, pull your own weight, you know. Yep. And they, they were right, by the way. They were like, guys, I want yes, to have yeah. money to spend because I want to guess jeans and cool shit like that. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I worked at a Roy Rogers and it was like all the kids from all the different schools, like we were all misfits. And mm. I think the oldest one of us was like 22. Okay, like, you know, we have like this whole operation going. It was actually really fun. I I look upon it fondly. When you say it was like Arby's, does that mean it was less hamburgers and more like roast, sliced roast beef, roast yeah. beef sandwiches, fried chicken, biscuits, oh, nice. salad okay. bar? That sounds like it's uh, cross checking a lot of fast food boxes that you can't get all in one place. Can you get fried chicken at Arby's? That seems I, like you rolled in KFC in there, yeah, so, which seems uh, like a good idea. You know, I haven't been to an Arby's in a long time, so I couldn't I, tell I you. I haven't either. I could not be less of an authority. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember my dad getting that sometimes. Some, that was very surprising. When he would come home with Arby's instead of Burger King, that was a very shocking. Like, what's going on? A hot, roast, a hot roast beef sandwich is like a pretty special thing. Yeah. Once yeah. in a while. I mean, I don't know if you're a vegan or not or like what. I don't eat beef, um, but I totally understand the like, especially the sort of au jus kind of like, uh-huh. let's just get in there and get messy and really get the sauce and all that kind of stuff. I definitely get that for sure. Um, okay. And so how much free time did you have if you were working while you were in high school as well? Were you able to go to the movies a bunch? Did you have like stuff that, you know, what was your extracurricular like stuff of choosing when you had time if if anything i was reading stephen king sure i I was listening to music i was really into van halen and stephen king (laughs) that's so american isn't that a wonderful american i'm so goddamn basic i mean if only you listen if only you said bruce springsteen because i I feel like that's a good another good now yeah and i have a friend that's like has followed springsteen for like 25 years like all yeah. over the country and like yeah. knows all the peeps and stuff now that was my that was my total freaking jam and then movies i love movies mm-hmm. and i wonder what that could have led to i don't hands know. together. <laughs> okay so would you were you going to like because i definitely i it's less i'm le- i'm so much less like this now and i sort of miss i've talked about this on the podcast many times i miss the feverishness of my teenage years and my mm-hmm. very early 20s of like when I loved something I had it you know what I mean like I just had mm-hmm. to eat it like it was a roast beef sandwich for some people uh you know but like like I would see a movie several times in the theater it felt really important yeah to do that do you know what I mean were you were you like that yeah totally and I remember like it was music and movies and I had a friend that would go into uh the village every weekend and go to a record store and like listen to records. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he would, he, I remember he came to school one day and I said, what'd you listen to over the weekend? And he described Prince when doves cry. Now this is before yeah. it was on the radio. Like he got, uh-huh. so he, he was so cool. He just described the song to me in such detail. Yeah. That I remember sitting there. I'm like, I can't wait to go home and turn on this music. Like, cause yeah. I, I'm dying. I didn't have a Walkman. I had nothing like we, <laughs> Just like, just him describing the song and the guitar solo and the blah, blah. I was so amazing. I would love, I'm trying to think if anyone has ever described a song to me it's not without just playing it for often. me. Like, I don't think I've ever, yeah. There's something so special about that. Like, I'm trying, of course, intimate. I'm sure everyone listening to this is like doing the same thing I am, which is like trying to imagine what that is like, you know, where he's like, okay, at the very beginning, oh my- a little like. 
Was he making noises that yeah. would help you along the way? Was he singing snippets of it or anything? Yeah, Phil was great. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Because he was. We were both really into 1999, which was the Prince album before this sure. came out, and that was a fucking amazing album. And so I remember him. Yeah, he was just. It's called When Doves Cry. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Because I'm not quite sure. And it just was just like like doing the guitar solos and stuff. And this is before the the video came out. So we didn't yeah. even know like any of all that stuff. Oh, the video was such a big deal. That was definitely yeah. a played over and over again. Speaking of seeing something many, many, many times. MTV really was a lot for me too because it was, like yeah. you said, music. And it was like, there was well, no it's way. like music and movies, right? Because right. music videos were like little films, uh, so many of them at yeah. that time. You know, they were so like, how do we tell the story of, you know? Yeah, and they were, and they you know, there's so many bands that I learned through MTV because when they first started, they would just play anything except black people. Yes. Let's remember that. They didn't like didn't have Michael Jackson until like the mid 80s. But oh, is that true? Oh, oh well, yeah. You know what? You're uh, then. Yeah, I'm trying to because I feel like Michael Jackson was was part of my first experience with MTV. MTV. He was already baked in. So maybe I. Yeah, maybe I was. We, we might have been later adopters because you know, maybe we didn't get that MTV fast enough uh, in Tucson, mm-hmm. Arizona. It, um, it was weird. Also, I want my MTV. There was like kids who didn't have MTV. And so yeah. there was that whole freaking campaign about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you were stuck. Like you didn't have MTV. Too bad. And I also was explaining to somebody was talking about Michael I, Jackson. I totally forgot about the I like the full yes. like. The, the I want my MTV campaign. Will you will you like recap that for people who don't know what we're talking about? MTV comes out in like 81, 82, and it comes out on these cable stations and some mark New York City didn't have it. And so but we our cable did. But the, I knew friends. I had friends in the city that couldn't get it. But there were certain pockets of the country. And then MTV just once it caught on. Everybody wanted a part of it, and it they affected everything. Like the, the all the music. Duran Duran would not have had the success they did if they didn't no. have MTV. And no, they're talented. Their I love such Duran a huge Duran. Part of it, but exactly, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, and I, and so th- there was this whole campaign of I want my MTV, and they got all these artists to do it because they were making money because they were all of a sudden getting more popular. And I tried to explain to somebody who's like a lot younger than me like 20 years younger than me about Michael yeah. Jackson thriller. And I said oh, to her, yeah. we didn't, my parents wouldn't get a V. We had a VCR, but my dad would hook it up to watch movies. Cause he was worried we would record like skin max or something, which he's not wrong. Yes. Yes. But- <laughs> you toss that in underneath, you tuck it in, which he's not wrong. Which but- is not wrong. <laughs> but I would try to explain to her like MTV would say, we're going to play Michael Jackson's thriller every hour on the hour. So it's like three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. So you, and it was like kids ran home to watch yeah. Thriller. Oh, because for that sure. was your only chance. Oh my god! Well, it was kind of like, I mean, it really was. In some ways, that reminds me more of stuff that happens now um, than than some other things in terms of it being like this thing that's not a movie, kind of like like YouTube or something, where it's like mm-hmm. this thing that isn't a film is still being treated as if it were but with a with a premiere on a channel I don't know yeah it was just so it was, and then there was like all the like everyone was talking about the making of it like there was as much conversation about John Landis and all those of course like saying the Rick name John Landis and 
um, Michael Jackson together kind of are, you know, that's uh, troublesome to many people. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was such a big deal. It was such a big deal it um, was at the time for sure. It was such a status symbol. If you had the uh, Michael Jackson making of Thriller VHS, which yeah. was like 50 bucks or something, it was yeah. super expensive. But you were somebody who was interested in movies. Right. Obviously, your love of that has played out through your career. Were you as fascinated by the process of making movies then oh, yeah yeah so I, that was something yeah. that you would really perk up to and be like oh my god behind the scenes on all these special effects and like rick baker was, yeah who did yeah. all the, the great makeup and uh, yeah yeah i mean you never get to see that stuff and also see yeah. stuff that i care about you know I, I remember seeing like star wars a little bit on tv behind the scenes but nobody really thought people cared and yeah. it, it's very strange. Like there was a time when entertainment, it doesn't, I mean, entertainment tonight, nobody really cares anymore, but at a time like entertainment tonight didn't exist. And then yeah. all of a sudden it was like the most important thing. Like that's where I got my news. That's where I got my behind yeah. the scenes stuff. Okay. We're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. All right, Wonderfuls, it's time for me to give another shout out to everyone's favorite comedy record label, Blonde Medicine. That's right, this week I'm excited to talk about the debut album from the hilarious and brilliant Joyelle Nicole Johnson called Yell Joy, which I want you to sit with for a second because it's the best name of an album ever. Joyelle Nicole Johnson's Yell Joy is available to stream everywhere and you can get it on Fun Splatter Vinyl. Love that. Blonde Medicine has put out all sorts of great albums from folks we all love. Or if you don't know them, you need to know them. Like Kenise Mobley, Suba Agarwal, Anika Dell, Amy Miller, Irene Too. I cannot tell you how many of my favorite comedians are represented on Blonde Medicine's label. They are awesome. You gotta check it out. I love that they're in the vinyl game. Check out blondemedicine.com slash maxfun to browse a selection of stand-up LPs and use code JVCLUB at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. Blondemedicine.com slash maxfun. Use JVCLUB at checkout and get 20% off that order. Oh, Russ. Hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I found you in line. These clouds are really freaking me out. I hate having to stand in line. And boy, what a line. These giraffes do not smell good. No, they do not. And they have such short necks. But I'm hearing we need to get on this we ark. we got to get on the ark. It yeah. is about to rain. God is about to destroy humanity. Hey, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you Noah? Yeah, I know we look like humans, but we're actually, <laughs> yes, we're <totally>. podcasters. <laughs> we are podcasters, so it's different. Have you heard of Ono, Ross, and Carrie? We investigate spirituality, claims of the paranormal, stuff like that. And you have a boat and say the world's going to end, so it seemed like something for us to check out. We would love to be on the boat. We came two by two. What do you think? Ono, Ross, and Carrie, available on MaximumFun.org. said that you were really into reading Stephen King books does that carry over into like a love of horror films at the time at the same time yes in fact a friend of mine I had like really bad dreams last night like uh-huh. really really bad dreams and I was saying that oh, to no. my friend Sonia and she my my co-host and she Your said co-host, yeah and she said uh why and I said well I think I what I watched Resurrection and X which is like these two very hardcore like horror movies that came out in the last year and I did it last uh-huh. night like oh let's blow <laughs> blow deck and then we'll watch these two films about you uh-huh. know people being knifed and killing each other I have Gee. not seen either are they I've not seen either when you say hardcore are they like gory or are they just super scary or are they like disturbing they're disturbing 
Yeah, and those are my least favorite. Those are the hardest. Those are hard for movies. me to sit I tend through to too. Just kind of back away from those. Yeah. X is interesting because Brittany Snow, do you remember her from American Dreams, oh, yeah. the TV show? I do. Yeah. She plays a porn star in this movie okay. and it's supposed to take place oh, 1979. Yes. yes. I saw the trailer for this. Yes, yes, yes. She's amazing. Yeah. She's like, love she, to hear that. She's amazing. Like, she married some bozo and he's on this Netflix show, like selling Orange County or whatever, and they got divorced. Uh-huh. She's and I was like I was feeling bad for her and then I saw this movie like she's fucking amazing she's gonna be fine she's That's really good cool. yeah okay so is it so is it, it's worth seeing I mean what's ironic about talking about like the quote unquote disturbing horror films is that often that just means that they're the most like real like they're yes. the most that's the, the, the anxiety closest to how real. you would actually feel right in reality so it doesn't feel as escapist but it's also like i mean in some cases it's the most honest form of horror there is because it's fucking existentially awful to imagine horrible things happening to people who don't deserve it or even people who do but you know it, they, it sometimes lacks the escapism when they they're making the right choices and it's still not working out you know they're yeah. doing everything they can do yeah. and it's just sort of like you have to just white knuckle it now and deal with what's yeah. going on it's okay. terrifying i mean i guess i'll probably watch it i also feel like and i don't want this to be true i really don't but i i do feel like like with the pandemic and sort of just you know the the whole global warming thing and stuff i think i am kind of i, I don't know that it's necessarily like a permanent thing at all but i do feel like and I think a lot of people are saying the same kind of thing that I'm that I have less of an appetite for yeah. being just d- really horrified by something because yeah. maybe I've been too horrified by things lately. But well, I've needed to cleanse my palate, like just but it's also been like a couple of, you know, it's been a couple of years and I don't even I haven't been to a movie theater yet. I'm still like it's got to be on streaming. I'm still yeah. like not comfortable you know, taking that leap. I mean, I've almost sure. done it for Maverick. I almost did it for the new uh, Black Panther movie. But then yeah. part of me was just like, oh, it's going to be out soon enough. And yeah, I can be I, home. And I did. I've been to I've been to it. One, I've been to the movie theater once. I'm not a huge go to the movie theater person necessarily anyway. But um, but it's, it is funny that like all of these movies like Top Gun or like Avatar, like things that have come out that really are everyone's talking about, like, you know, regardless of what you think of the movie, you have to admit like this is what movies are meant to be to see in the theater and stuff. And then what I chose to see was the Triangle of Sadness, which 100 percent could have been watched at home, like in terms of, you know, I don't even like, know that one. What is that movie? That's the um oh, Ruben, Ruben Ostrom, I think is, is the director. He did like um The Square. Uh, it's these are foreign films, and he did. Oh, you know what he did that you'll know is um, Force Majeure. You know yeah. that they remade into an American movie, but he did the original. Okay, um, and so, but yeah, Triangle of Sadness is. I'm sure it'll be up for. I'm sure it is up for Academy Awards and stuff. But it's um, and there was the young the young actress who was on it. You may have heard in the news. She like was having really bad stomach cramps, uh, and and. She ended up, this is after the movie had wrapped and everything, and um, it started with like a headache, and then I think it went to stomach cramps, and then she went to the hospital, and then she passed away, and she oh my was like 30-something, and it was because she had had, it was like a latent oh my God. problem after having been in a car accident many years before, and having had to have her intestines like operated on or something, and it was one of those like, oh, some some kind of parasite got in there, like just one of those shocking 
wow. sort of like, oh my God, like, you know, not dissimilar from our poor friend, the athlete who, you know, just whose heart just stopped on the football field. Like well, he's getting better. Getting yeah, that's what I just read something about that. But speaking of like things that are disturbing and oh, and Jeremy a Renner, bit of a tiny horror show. I know. My parents lived. My sister used to live in Tahoe. My parents lived in Sparks, Nevada, which is oh, I know yeah. I know exactly where he is. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to bother him, but I know that hospital. My mother yeah. was very sick, and I said I I went to that hospital. But I'm mm. like. Oh my God, this poor guy like was just yeah. trying to do a nice thing and then run over. I mean, I yeah. hope he inherited some Marvel universe magic I in his know. system because I know oh my God. it reminded me of Anton Yelchin. Remember when his oh, car, sh- like, oh, horrifying. That was, I couldn't let that go. I mean, I really couldn't let that go. Like, I didn't know him. We have friends in common, but, but it was, again, that existential sort yeah. of the bleakness of that, of just kind of, you know, sitting with that feeling of like, well, that's, that's not fair. And it's, none of it's fair. You know what no. I mean? Like none of it's fair. But the the ones that are, that feel so random or feel like the, this, you know, these things that we've just heard about recently, you and me, um, as we're recording this, uh, they, yeah, they kind of are chill. They're chilling in a different way somehow because they feel more unusual. My dad uh, passed away. In 2015, mm. he was at a convention in Provo, Utah. Mm-hmm. It was a wood turners convention. He was really into wood turning. He actually, William H. Macy, like my dad met him at one of those wood turner oh, conventions. Wow. He's like totally into. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that happens to a lot of people with wood turning, by the way, and carpentry and stuff. Like oh, yeah. people, get, they, people get into it and then they're like, I want to know everything about this and I want to be wonderful at it and I like want the community of it. I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, he was, a, well, my dad was a computer guy for years and then he took yeah. an early retirement and then he just, he was also an artist. So it's just kind yeah. of like, it's the specificity of it. Yeah. And you take yeah. a piece of wood and it can just fall apart in your hands or you can come up with something cool. Yeah. And he was like really good at it. Like for Northern Nevada, my dad was like the big deal. <sighs> yeah, it was really sad. And, um, he so he was in his hotel room and he either just got disoriented because he was just not home or whatever, but he just fell and he hit some furniture. Oh, Marco. Yeah. And he just passed away. It was like somebody said like a million dollar injury. Like it's it's because you just go. There's just like. Yeah. And, that, then, and Bob Saget maybe. Had exactly. Yeah. And uh, Bob Saget, everyone's going like, how can you die when this happens? Yes. And I'm like, do you want to speak to me individually? Because oh, I always. Thank you. I mean, I always wanted to talk to his kids or his family just be like, yeah, I know how you feel. Because yes. it's bizarre. Yes. But it, it's like, yeah, life is very, you know, it's not fair. Jesus. It's ephemeral. Yeah. And you, we yeah. have to remember that. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Very much so. Yeah. But it's hard to hear, like, that's that the, all those conversations that happen, you know, I lost my mom in 2021, but it was ultimately... Um, and thank you. And, and likewise, um, yours situation sounds much more just gobsmacking and like, uh, yeah, how do I wrap my head around this. Whereas mine was very surprising in some ways, but also like, you know, it was, yeah. um, you know, if it was uh, like she, my mom had dementia, so it was, she, I don't Sorry. know that she, it didn't feel like she was that necessarily that close to, to being gone because she was pretty young when she developed it. But, um, but, you know, I was able to, even as it was happening, like, 
that sort of feeling that slides into place that's like she's not in pain anymore or she's not afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that is really a cushion. It truly is. I mean, it's such a cushion. Um, and so so when it's something that just comes out of nowhere, um, I just can't even I kind of can't imagine it's other destabilizing. Than friends I've lost who've taken their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like for a parent now that I've lost a parent because. Yeah, you, most of us only have two actual parents. Maybe some of us are blessed enough to have like an amazing extended step family, but um, it's just different than any other loss I've ever experienced. And it's really, really hard for me to imagine that coming as a complete surprise. So I'm so, so sorry. Um, Thank you. I'm so sorry. Ay, yay, 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 yay. <laughs> How's. How did, how, how, and then we'll change the subject, but, um, was your mom, how, how did she, did she feel like supported and did she have oh, yeah. you know, people rally around her and all that? She did, but, They um, were still together, I assume? Oh yeah, they were married. Oh, My yeah. parents got married in 64 and 1964 and so it was like over 50 years. They were very happy. They were very, she actually, I mean, we all thought like, you know, of the two of them, if dad had lost mom instantly, it would not, he would not make it because you know mom was much sturdier yeah. you know kind of you know slash stoic she mm-hmm. totally missed him but then the great thing was that she started traveling because dad didn't like yeah. to travel so she did things he yeah. didn't want to do and so she was yeah. like doing stuff so that was really good that's so good that's so so good um okay well let's get back to you let's get back to some some teenage moments yes um, did, did were you dating in high school? What was that world like? No, for you? no, I was uh-huh. so awkward and shy. Like, uh, I, I something happened to me. Like, adolescence for me was really, really hard. So yeah. I was very awkward and very shy. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So I wanted boyfriends, but I was like, I didn't know how to do it. Like, I and guys had crushes on me and would say things and stuff, but I was just, I just didn't know how to handle myself. And yeah. it took a while. And I remember watching like Sex in the City. I'm like, God, why are these women so good at dating? Like, why isn't it no. hard for them? <laughs> Did they ever yeah, go through no a time kidding. where it was rough? You know, that's why I always yeah. wonder. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this might be like a real square peg and round hole, which is an unintentional joke considering that I believe Sarah Jessica Parker was on a show called Square Pegs. But, she was. Uh, square, peg, square peg and round hole. But do you feel like there was any sort of like because you were someone who had this wonderful imagination and who did love films and books so much? Did you do you think that there was do you put pressure on yourself like Mm -hmm. that it was supposed to be like that? No, you just didn't feel comfortable with it. It wasn't like you were comparing it to. No, no, I wasn't comparing it to like. You know, some people like they want like a like the karate kid romance or something uh-huh. like like yeah. a Daniel that'll exactly. do anything. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I guess that's what I was asking if you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't that. I was just very awkward and shy. That's I yeah. mean, seriously, I was just awkward. I don't know what you would uh-huh. like say. I was just you know. <laughs> but a part of me also, and it's like I'm single now. It's just like I like me, and I I like you know I'm uncomfortable with silence. I, I mean, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable. Yeah. In my own life, I, t- I tell people like I've manifested the life I wanted. Like I'm in my yeah. apartment in Brooklyn. I got my Beatles posters. I'm writing books. I got my cats. Like I'm just like this is awesome. Like oh, absolutely different. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, and and so what were can you you mentioned loving you know Jaws? Um, what were some other? Were there other? 
movies that you would just come back to over and over again? I'm not saying that that was true for you as a teenager, but like, were there movies as a teen that you were like, yeah, this movie gets me? I got all of the teen movies in the 80s are kind of like were genetically designed and engineered for me uh-huh. at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You look yeah. back on it now, like pretty and pink. I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of toxic what they're doing. But yeah, I, I went along with it when I was a kid. I remember like, I'm a little older, but I remember when E.T. was in the movie theaters and I was like obsessed with it and I wanted to watch it all the time. And yeah, that I, was when I, I had to like, they, they, my dad came to understand very early on that I was extremely emotional and I would become hysterical yeah. when I was upset about something happening in a movie. So anything that he caught wind of, no matter what age I was, if he had any say in it, if he anyone told him at all that there was something sad in it, he'd be like, I'm not going to take Janet to see that <laughs> in the movie because I'll have to take her out because she'll be sobbing and everyone would be like, what are you doing to that poor child? Did you hit her? That's so funny because you're, you're an only child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you grew up in like a, a like my mom had four kids in six years. Yeah, we were all around the same age, and it was like one yeah. of us had a problem. Like, well, <laughs> three quarters rule you out, so you have to uh-huh. leave or deal with it. I'm sure that's good. I'm sure that's. I mean, I think that's probably way healthier and way better than being so fragile. You know, like to be be the the kid where there's like there isn't anybody else. Yeah, so how could you ignore? You know, Her that problems. going on yeah. and then that maybe man- continues to manifest itself because there's the room to do that. I mean, I think that's a really good point. I don't know. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the first time I ever actually made it through E.T., um, and it may have been when I was adult. <laughs> may have been. I, I, I talked to. I did. I, a, I would just turn it off when he started getting sick. I'd be like, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, this is really sad. Like, I'm a little kid, and the, and they're throwing a lot yeah. of sadness at me. But I. But he lives. Like, ET's okay. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. There, there's something about, and it's yeah. There's. And it, I think it would even happen with stuff that I had seen that I where you know the outcome. And that's right. why it's a mark of a great movie is that, you know, even though you know it's going to turn out okay, having to get through that hard part can feel so real. Yeah. And that it can feel that way over and over again is is such a high compliment to, to a good movie, you know? I think Spielberg's great. I mean, some people... I, I don't know. People have their own opinions about it. But I was talking about Spielberg with somebody who's a total movie fan. And she's like, I just could never sit through E.T. And that, she was like an adult when she first watched it. And okay. she's just, it's just too sad. And it's too, yeah. I don't know. Like, kids deal with sadness. Kids deal with a lot of things. And I, I think I found sure. that therapeutic in a way. Yeah. But I used yeah. to like ride my bike and go to the theater like every weekend. And I'd see just about anything. I mean, yeah. I just like the whole experience. And at that time in your life, did you did you associate your passion and your love and enjoyment of film and storytelling? Um, was that something that you were also sort of projecting into the idea of like, when I grow up, I want to blank or because for some of us, like the thing that was fun and the um, the idea of having a grown up job like didn't fuse until yeah. later. I didn't know what I wanted. I I didn't yeah. know. I always wanted to write, but I didn't know what kind of writing I wanted to do. And I didn't know about it's it's hard work. You have to be very disciplined. It's all kinds of stuff. And so, and also you have to make money. I mean, I I don't come from a money tree. I mean, my parent. I had to like yeah. get a job after college, and some of us have to like you got to work work until you find right. what it is. But it all kind right. of like coalesce together. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
were you, you say you enjoyed you knew you enjoyed writing did you do like newspaper kind of stuff I, I have I, I end up with a lot of guests who were on the school newspaper and again that's a thing that just never would have occurred to me I was in the school newspaper there it is <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> I did the school newspaper and awesome. then I did the underground paper that people you know gave to each other as seniors. That was a thing. Oh, that's cool. Now that's cool. Yeah. I was like, I should have done a fanzine or something. I should have like thought of a way to like monetize it. But I yeah, I was totally into the school paper. And I, I what was the what thing. was the content like of the uh, of the under of the sort of more underground paper? It was more of like it was called the Maroons. That that was like our um the Maroons is our label. Sorry, that's RHS. And I forget what it was called. I had it in my yearbook. I showed it to somebody the other day. But it's just so, sort of like, isn't this teacher kind of a weird molester type? And isn't this lady? <laughs> Which, Wait, are you saying like creep is basically like... like <laughs> yes. you're... There's, a, there's so many... That's amazing. So many weird things, teachers, and I and I'm not gonna shit on teachers too much here because I they have the toughest job. I have a lot of friends that are teachers and stuff yeah. like that. But just as a young woman in the eighties going to school, thinking back on like how some men behaved it, to girls like way more outgoing than I am and yeah. open to that kind of attention. I'm like, holy shit. It was yeah. like the Wild Dang. West. They could just say I just about so. anything. I guess so. Anything. That's amazing. <laughs> do you find yourself like when you're doing the stuff that you do now, are you because and of course I'm going to ask this because I have such a fascination with adolescence and like I yeah. feel like there's so much stuff I can draw a straight line to from back then. Do you feel yourself kind of? Like thinking about that, that those parallels or thinking about that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me tell you like, a story. It's so wild. That, yeah, please. Okay. So my sister and I, we live, well, my family, sorry, my whole family, we lived in Pennsylvania, right? And I said Westchester. And at the time it was like middle of nowhere. So yeah. we took the bus to school and there was a bus driver named Dave and Dave would play cool music and Dave would talk to everybody and Dave like knew everybody's names and Dave, sure, you know, like not like Otto exactly, but Otto adjacent, you know. That from, is, thank you, because that's absolutely yeah. what I was thinking of, as you've been through this before, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> and my parents worked in Philly, and so it took them a while to get home. We were alone a lot. This is also, that's just kind of like kids in the 70s and 80s. Like, yeah, for sure. For sure. We're latchkey kids. So my aunt was visiting from Long Island and staying with us. She was much older. She had like hip replacement or something. And it was it was like President's Day. It was a day off of school, but my parents were at work. Yeah. And my sister and I, all of a sudden there's a ring at the door. Dave was at the door. And he brought Valentine's for me and my sister. I'm like 12, uh-huh. maybe. And she's 10. And then he came into the house and he was like just talking to us for like an hour. And then my aunt just kept giving him the stink eye. And I just yeah. had... No idea what was happening. Yeah. And my sister and I had a conversation about this like a year or so ago. Like, do you remember the time Dave came over? And she's like, yeah. Like, what if she wasn't there? What was Dave oh, up yo, to? Yo, yo, yo. Right, right. Because right, my brothers right, right, were out right, doing right. something. Like, the neighbors huh. aren't close by. And huh. yeah. So when people wonder, like, how groomers groom, like, they, yeah. it's not drag queens, y'all. It's not yeah. people with a big look at me sign, you right, know, right. It's right. people they see every day. Yeah. And I was like, wow. it was a close call. Wow. wow, wow close wow, wow. fucking call. And it was like, and it took me years. And, and it's like you normalize it in your head. 
Like he kind of, oh, 100%. You know, because I, I never, he never did anything like that again. And, and, yeah. But, well, and, but you say when you were, when it was happening, you didn't necessarily have a gut check feeling then no. as a kid of like, hmm, this feels weird. No, my survival instincts yeah. were sort of more of along the lines of being, you know, this is how they pick people. I was awkward. I was shy. Right. Right. You know, we were still kind of new kids in the neighborhood. We were lonely. Yeah. And yeah. here's somebody who's cool, who's paying attention. It was like, the, it just checks those boxes and you're sort of like, yeah. oh, okay. It's years yeah. and years later, you're, you go, oh my God. I'm afraid there may be, to your point, like even more of those in my past than I have the capacity to remember yeah. at this point. You know what I mean? Which is a bummer because, you know, I feel so... I, like to to be as darkly cynical as I feel sometimes and then still be so optimistic and continue to want to believe the best about people is like that's a tough road to hoe if you yeah. are kind of straddling both of those all the time and you know like my first instinct I'm not proud of this at all but when you're telling the story my first instinct was to be like maybe he was giving every kid val- a valentine yeah. like maybe he <laughs> was just really nice and like you know I'm like, I, exactly Janet can it be super creepy and wrong that he brought two tiny kids valentines and wanted to come inside and like hang out we weren't like, taught why am I making excuses otherwise. now it didn't even happen to me like what is wrong with me right but it's like we weren't <sighs> you're not taught otherwise and it wasn't yeah. like years later I, I used to teach fitness at the Y I, I was a fitness instructor and because it's the YMCA and they have kids and kids camps and stuff like that you have to take all these courses like and it's it's, it's CPR and safety but it's also about yeah. grooming and pedophiles and yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. you you just hear like what people do to get close to a family yeah. and they can be a man or a woman it could be yeah. somebody like really good looking and accomplished as you think like well, yeah. well this person doesn't have to you know they they can yeah. attract people in their lives easily but but don't you think it's sad that, i mean look, i don't have kids but i love my friends kids yeah and i promise everyone i do not have an interest in kids above and beyond like Mm-mm. loving being around them and being the fun aunt and i'm so like god god forbid someone you know someone ruins it for those of us who are like yeah yeah i just want to be a good aunt like yeah. i just like i feel like one of the kids but it's not because i want to like take advantage of it no i'm the same way i i love you my know? friend's kids yeah oh, and um so I was, dark. when i was in chicago i actually performed a wedding and for two friends of mine and i even told their parents like i know this is this is your child but th- these are my kids <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. kids exactly I mean, but exactly. i yeah i would never hurt anybody but like yeah yeah that's a whole other topic but yeah it was one of those things like i didn't it didn't honest to god like i was in my 40s and all of a sudden i was like wait that was fucked up like yeah you know what happened to that guy you know i'm glad that you had your sister to again once again to back me up what if i was alone because then i feel like well maybe it didn't happen oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun Oh my gosh, hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. It goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech 
why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound Rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. I'm going to get into this MASH game with okay. you. I am very excited about this because of some of the stuff that we talked about. And I, I, I don't think I've ever done this category that we're coming up with right here, right now. But um, I would like for you to pick three, like, horror or just general, like, bad, scary adversaries from a movie. Three that you would like to have to take your chances with. Listen, you're not going to get killed in this MASH okay. uh, alternate universe world I'm bringing. But I'm saying, like, you know, for example, like, part of me wants to take on Freddy Krueger because I loved right. Dream Warriors when I was a kid. And I was like, Best kids movie. can fight back. You know what I mean? So he would probably be on my li- my list. I probably wouldn't put Jaws on my list because I, I'm, I loved Jaws so much that I still am one of those people who's like, I'm kind of afraid of being killed by a shark. Um, me too. With all love and respect to sharks, I think they're wonderful and amazing and strange and great and prehistoric and terrific. Um, but when I am in the ocean, I'm definitely like, I mean, I could, what's the stop of me from being killed by a shark right now? Even though I know the chances are really slim. So I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't pick Jaws. So I'm looking for three like adversaries in, in a, like scary adversaries that we're going to, uh, that you would like to take your chances against in this alternate MASH universe that we're creating. And you're going to win, but. Uh, okay. What would you? What would? What would you? Who would you like to take on? I take on Pennywise from the It <sighs> movies. Ooh, yeah, he deserves it. T- take on Pennywise. I actually want to go old school with Carrie White's mother, Margaret White, and this is from the movie Carrie. Yeah. Margaret is a you know certifiably insane person. Is that Piper Laurie? I'm Piper Laurie, who yeah. thought she was making a comedy when she made the movie. <laughs> True story. Shocked that she got nominated for an Oscar. Wait, what? How do you make it onto the set and still think you're making a comedy? That's amazing. She hadn't done a movie in like 15 years. Like she had a kid and she kind of was off the grid. And she thought it was so outlandish. Yeah, well, fair enough. Fair enough. And Sissy Spacek is just totally in character all the time. Yes. Yes. She was just like... Oh, this is a comedy, of course. <laughs> That's an amazing story. I'm really glad that I got to hear you tell me that. Um, okay, Carrie's mom, thousand percent, great choice. What's number three? Number three, I'm going to say William Zapka. Just any movie he's done, <laughs> he's the '80s villain. Even though I love he's the Netflix so series great. of Cobra Kai, I know. he's so love good. Love it. Oh, what a great '80s and version. Unexpected. Yeah, but yeah, '80s version. Fin Fury infuriating version fantastic um could not love that category more you just absolutely stuck the landing that's beautiful um next category let's do three i'm not gonna i'm gonna keep the movie thing going uh three movies that you would love to be able to jump into and just be in whenever you want you're not reliving the plot you're just in that world that has been built for you in that movie oh my god um i want to be in young frankenstein yes because that's to me the funniest movie ever made. Ugh. I think Madeline Kahn is was a, just a comedy genius, phenomenal, huge hero for me for sure. I mean, just she everything. 
just she yeah. could do everything. Yes. Okay. So other movies, I'm trying to think of like my favorite. Oh, um, what do I? What do I love? I love Tombstone. Maybe Tombstone. Great, great, great. Because <laughs> Val Kilmer, when he, you know, Val Kilmer at his hottest. Yeah. And uh, we make fun of guys for having mustaches in real life, but it's surprising how often we love a character that an actor has played who has like an old timey mustache. I'm just saying. I like a mustache. Yeah. Oh, Moonstruck. I want to be a Moonstruck. Oh, wonderful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, next category. Let's do three foods that in this reality, either it's, you know, eating too much of it makes you feel sick or you're allergic to it or you feel like it's ecologically irresponsible or maybe it's something you had once uh, in a land far away and you've never quite been able to recapture like the glory of whatever that morsel was. In this reality, you can have uh, three foods whenever you want. It's not the only thing you're eating, but you can have access to three foods whenever you want. Snap of your fingers. Uh, eat it as much as you want. Zero ramifications to you or anyone else. Three. Um, I'm going to be basic, but anything with bacon. I do like me Great. some bacon. Nothing wrong with basic or bacon. Fantastic. Uh, uh, pizza. Great. Great, 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 great. The time I was in Venice, Italy, the only, I was only in one time, but the gelato from Venice. Oh, Ugh. Yeah. I dream about Wonderful. it. I dream about it. Wonderful. I did. The first time I think I had, I've only been to Italy once also, um, and we were in Florence, and I was shooting dinner in a movie, and my co-host was eating gelato and was like, I want a shirt made out of this material. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you kind of do. Like, it's so silky that you're like, can I wear this? Who was your co-host on, on that show? Uh, Paul Gilmartin. I love Paul Gilmartin. Yeah. He's a deer. He is. I had that One of the cookbook. funniest people off the cup I've ever. Oh, so quick. Yeah. I had that cookbook so from Dinner in a Movie. Oh, nice. yeah. Yes. I've got that cookbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I loves me. I loves me my, my Dinner in a Movie family, um, which I extend out to Lisa and Annabelle, even though they came before me. Um, okay. Next category, romance. It's a mash game. We got to get some in there. Uh, give me three people. They could be characters from books, actors from movies, any age, any era, Whatever you want as a romantic partner for some to all to one night of your alternate universe. I don't or alternate uh, existence. I don't want you to feel like you're married to this person if you don't want to be. Okay, Brendan Fraser. I have a huge great. crush on Brendan Fraser. Great, great, great. Um, the guy from The Bear. I'm always forgetting his name, and he's from Brooklyn. Um, the the show The Bear. The um, yes. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's it's like uh, it's it on a, your list. Saving that for after Sketchfest. Enjoy and binge. Yeah. yeah. I think you'll like um, it. And let's, I'm sure I will. And let's just say um, old school, Paul Newman. Great. Great, great, great. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. Three bands that uh, wrote a song about you. Now, we people may not know this because it may have been in the past or it may be today or it may be tomorrow, but three bands that you're like, oh, you didn't know that Van, ha Van Halen has a song about me called Margo? Yeah. Where, that talks about how awesome I am. <laughs> so give yourself uh, three bands that write a song for you. I'm going to say Stevie Nicks, because oh, you remind me of Stevie Nicks. I have a picture of Stevie Nicks over my desk, and I'm looking at you, and I look at Wait, her. Wait, I remind you of Stevie Nicks? Yes. What a compliment. Yeah. I, I mean, love seriously. Stevie. Yeah. When I move, I'll show you. Oh, um, that's very... I'm very flattered. Stevie Nicks, uh, Van Halen, of course. Yes. And let's say Prince. We mentioned Prince before. Yeah. Great idea. Great, great, great. I desperately want to hear each of these songs now, by the way. Um <laughs> Okay, let's do three uh, places in the world where you would love to have a, a getaway home and we can sort of teleport you there so you don't have to worry about the distance. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've actually been there or not. Sydney, Australia. Great. Dublin, Ireland. 
Wonderful. And uh, San Francisco. Okay. Uh, let's do three collaborations that you get to do with an artist. It could be a painter. It could be a filmmaker or composer. Uh, Ooh, uh, Weird a- Al. Podcaster. Anything. Oh, I want to write a song with right Weird Al. Speaking of uh, uh, MTV, Al TV was like a highlight of um, my childhood for he's, sure. His songs are uh, white and nerdy. I, I, I yeah. It's, he's legitimately great. He's yeah, legitimately. He, did, he, good. he like when he was host when he took when he quote unquote took over MTV and it was Al TV on the whatever. My dad has that all on videotape still. Um, but he did like a he would he played. When doves cry, and that's and I can't now think of the video without thinking of the end of the video happening, and then it like fades from the end of the video into a steamy room where Al gets out <laughs> of the bathtub and reaches towards the camera, and then from off camera, someone hands him a, a robe, and he's like, "Thanks." <laughs> anyway, he's the best. Amazing. Weird. Al. The love best. it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Karina Longworth. She's a podcaster, yeah. film historian. Oh, yeah. Um, must remember this. Must remember this. I'd love to Wonderful. with her. And let's say Stephen I can King. I see that happening for sure. Yeah. And Stephen King. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Um, man, I mean, I know I've already, like, we've talked so much about Stephen King, and we even have Carrie's mom and Pennywise in here, but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw you into three Stephen King books. So three Stephen King books that you would like to go into for one reason or another. I have to go into the stand, even though it's like incredibly a weird place to want to land. But I want it's one of my favorite books. Yeah, great. So um, the stand, uh, Stand by Me, the the original story. Great, I love that. And then, um, which I guess is called the body. Is that my brain was telling me it was called the body? The short story. You're right. It's four seasons. Reminding myself of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'm I'm reading Fairy Tale right now. This is newest book, and it's really good. Yeah, I listened to it as an audiobook. Me too. Um, oh yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it. it it's great. I mean, it went down quick. It was like he's really know, good, like with everything he does. Yeah, it just flew by. Yeah. Um, okay, wonderful. All right, give me a word that you would use to describe your uh, oh your feelings about your dreams last night. Your scary dreams. <laughs> Disturbed. <laughs> great. Okay. All right. This is the time when I use that word to come up with your 100% guaranteed MASH alternate universe world and future. Um, It is also a perfect time for you to lay out for the wonderful people listening to this podcast who may not be familiar um, some of your many things, some of your many projects, podcasts, the book, all that good stuff. Um, Can you please tell everyone about that stuff here? Yeah. So I just wrote my first book. It's called Filmed in Brooklyn. It was my COVID project. I spent two years. I watched over 250 films that are based in Brooklyn, filmed in Brooklyn. I took many of the images that you see in the book and it's from History Press and I'm super proud of it. That's once again filmed in Brooklyn. You can follow me at Brooklyn Fitchick, uh, Twitter, Instagram. That's my site. And I have podcasts. I have book versus movie. I have What a Creep. And I have Dorking Out. And they're they're all kind of like pop culture related. And uh, I'm they're they're super fun. And I'm also on the TikTok. I'm trying to trend. Good <laughs> it's for at, you. Good Mark O'Donnell. I flirted with that over and over <laughs> and then just completely like I do one video for in a year and I'm like, I did a video 
wow. I just, I, I just have to force myself. You know, your phone will. Um, there's like, like something on the on my iPhone that like makes really good movies, and I put that up there. I'm also like into cats. Um, so my Instagram is just everything I work on at Brooklyn Fitchick, and I have the cutest cats in Brooklyn. They're named Sweet Sarah and Tennessee. And they're amazing. And uh, I've been in this apartment since 1995. I have a rent-stabilized apartment, which is like... Oh, very nice. Girl, you don't leave those when you get them. Like, you just... Yeah. You stay right put. And that is... Yeah. And that's uh, pretty much it. That's me in a nutshell. Well, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. And um, I have some results for you that I think you're going to feel a pretty good about... Disturbed though you may have felt, disturbed though you may have felt about your dreams, I want to first, well, listen, we're talking about your beautiful rent control apartment in Brooklyn. Let's go ahead and add a beautiful house in Dublin, Ireland to that, that we can just send you to, maybe even there's a magical door inside of your apartment there that that just takes you right into your your house in Dublin. Um, So congratulations on that. That is a huge achievement. Uh, I also want to congratulate you on your, uh, your collaboration collaboration with Ms. Karina Longworth. Cannot wait to see how both of your wonk minds, and I mean that in the most complimentary way, uh, combine together and form a powerhouse of uh, collaboration. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, And I'm going to say you deserve it because you took good care of ending the life of Carrie's mom. (laughs) (laughs) I threw kitchen knives. She's out of here. There's your comedy, Piper Laurie. Uh, done and dusted. We've got uh, we've got that achievement. Um, we also can send you into Moonstruck whenever you want. You can just be in that place. One of the most romantic movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Quite delightful. Uh, you can go there. You whether you're there, whether you're in Dublin, whether you're right there in Brooklyn, you can have all the Venetian or Italian gelato that you want at any given time with zero ramifications. Um, So just enjoy that. Maybe make a shirt out of the uh, material that is gelato. Feel free. Um, You also have a fantastic song written about you by none other than Stevie Nicks, which is huge. Um, I'm sure uh, you like to lean back into the crook of Paul Newman's arm <laughs> as you're listening to the song that Stevie Nicks has written about you. And if you want, you can take them with you. Look, you can go in on your own, but you also have the ability to jump into fairy tale whenever you want. And uh, if memory serves, I would want to spend a lot of time with that dog. I mean, he really knew what he was doing when yeah. he made a dog one of the main characters. Yeah. So good. Is that everything? I think it is. Moonstruck. Yeah, mom. Carrie's mom. Goodbye. Double. Yeah, that is your 100% guaranteed MASH alternate universe life. I love it. Thank you so much. That was amazing. That's a get. That's a get. You did that. You did that. Um, Everyone, I hope everyone is having a uh, safe and happy uh, beginning of the year here. Hope to see some of you at Sketchfest. And um, Margo, you've given people so much amazing stuff to check out if they haven't already. I want to thank you so much for doing the podcast. It's been a joy. I, I love talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yay. Bye, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Nice. Oh, that was great. I'm so excited you got me. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, good 
MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported